Having a plan is an essential part of a successful day, month, year, and even a lifetime. You know, going through school, one needs to have a plan. Going through grad school, one needs to have a plan. We see over the course of history, such as the occasion on June 6, 1944, which is otherwise known as D-Day, successful military generals had to come together to plan where they would drop, where the soldiers would land at, all ultimately leading to the surrender of the Axis powers or Germany. We see again another occasion where a plan was also successful at first, such as the occasion of the Grecian forces versus the Persian forces in ancient Greece, where Leonidas and 300 Spartans and other allied Grecian forces were standing their ground at Thermopylae. And we see wave after wave of Persians would go against them. And we see that the Spartans were initially successful. However, an insider revealed a ancient path behind them and they were flanked. Another occasion where plans go as planned and sometimes other plans don't go as planned. We need to understand the story of Marcus Luttrell and the three other Navy SEALs that dropped in behind enemy lines. And we see that when they dropped in, they had a plan, but they found themselves off course, uh, surrounded by a vicious enemy, surrounded by treacherous terrain on a mountain. And we see that they had to make amends to their plans, such is the case in our Christian lives. We can find many similarities to um, planning in our Christian lives because we understand the Christian has an adversary. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And we need to understand the warfare that we're in. It's not a physical warfare. It's not something that we physically fight with weapons. So we have an enemy. He's dangerous. We can't see him physically, but we know, understand spiritually it's a warfare that each and every single one of us are fighting in every single day. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 talks about this warfare. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war after the flesh. So Paul was telling them, uh, the Corinthian church there, we're not, it's not a physical warfare the Christian's in. It's spiritual. This is the nature of the warfare that the Christian is in. So as we walk in the flesh as Christians, we need to understand we are at war. It's not a physical war. However, we are fighting an enemy that is very strong and very vicious. Revelation 2.10 tells us there, it says, Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So what John is telling us there is that we need to beware we need to be on guard because the devil is about to cast some of us into prison. It's going to be a time of trial. It's going to be a time of tribulation. We need to be prepared. But he says, be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. So this evening or whenever time you're listening to this, have you considered your plan to get through this life as a Christian? Are you even a Christian? These are things we need to consider. Every single plan has to start with an assessment. You know, the successful military generals of D-Day didn't just go in blind hoping that everything would work out. It was thoroughly planned for months and months 
and they had to assess every single situation in order to be successful, where the same is for the Christian. The Christian needs to assess his current condition. That's what a successful soldier does. And if he assesses his situation, sometimes changes need to be made. We need to make amends. So number one, we need to assess where we're at. Number two, we need to make changes if necessary. And lastly, three, we can advance in our Christian lives. That's the three points we're going to be looking at um, at this podcast episode. So number one, we need to assess our situation. And this assessment should be a true representation of ourselves. We need to understand, we need to measure ourselves by ourselves. Am I who I need to be? Am I conditioned to fight this battle? Because if I'm not, I need to get there. Are you even a member of the church? That's one thing you need to consider. Are you um, an immersed believer? Have you contacted the blood of Christ? Because without that, we can't even begin to plan successfully. That is the first step in even making a plan to get through this life because without the blood of Jesus, we can't even begin to make a plan. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 tells us that we need to compare ourselves with no one. Rather, we need to compare ourselves with just ourselves. We're not wise if we compare ourselves with other people, but yet we do it every day on social media, don't we? Don't get me going on that. But we're coming back to what we're talking about. We need to assess our true self. Am I a Christian? Am I the standard that God would have me to be? We should never measure ourselves by other people that are imperfect. They are not the standard. Rather, the standard is Jesus Christ. He's perfect. 1 Peter 1.19 tells us, but without or excuse me, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. This was a perfect man. He was perfect. First Peter 2 verse 22 tells us that he never sinned. Neither guile was found in his mouth. Second Corinthians 5 verse 21 also says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And lastly, First John 3 verse 5 says, And ye know not, or rather, and ye know that he was made manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. We even see other passages that Paul tells us we need to be imitators of him as he is of Christ. So brethren, we need to understand that we have a standard that we need to imitate, and that's Christ. It's no other other person we need to imitate. Yeah, there's good folks in the faith, there's good folks in the church that we can look up to, However, if we compare ourselves with them, we're just going to be let down. Christ is the one we need to imitate, and that's how our assessment should be. Am I a Christian? Am I, am I, in my assessment of myself, am I being what God would desire? Am I living as a verified Christian? Because if not, I need to make changes, number two. I need to make amends. I need to change. When someone realizes that there's something wrong, he should not keep doing that thing that caused the error. I mean, insanity is the definition, or rather the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. If you're wrong, you want to change. I don't like to be wrong. I want to be right. We read in Romans 6, 1 and 2, it tells us there, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. 
How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We need to get out of that state of sin. We need to change, make amends, make a 180. If you have some skateboard fans out there like I formerly was, a 180 is a completely turning around of the skateboard. Well, it's the same in our Christian lives. Repentance is a 180. It's going away from what I would have to do, turning straight around and going to what God would have me to do. Acts 3.19 says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So repentance is essential and must be involved if we are to make amends. If we are to amend our plan to get us through life, repentance is absolutely necessary. The non-Christian needs to begin by the first steps of obedience to God's word. In order to make a successful plan, one must hear the word of God, believe it, repent of their sins, confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God, be baptized in the watery graves of baptism, and remain faithful. Remaining faithful is the essential part of being a Christian. And after one comes out of the water, that's when it gets hard. Being baptized is the easy part. However, when one needs to remain faithful, that's when we need to plan to get us through this life. We also need to understand that God is faithful to forgive one of his sins if he desires to make amends. 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 goes on to say, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we need to understand that God will forgive us if we truly desire to make amends, if we truly desire to make a change going from the worldly lifestyle and going to a lifestyle that's pleasing to him. He will forgive us of those things. We can put those things behind us. Just like Paul, you know, Paul described himself as a chief sinner. He says, "I'm, you know, he, Paul was the one that murdered Christians. I'm a chief sinner, he says, but I was able to put those things behind me. He was able to press on towards the goal of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we need to understand that if we have assessed our true self, if we assess that we are not being pleasing to God, we need to make amends. In order to develop a successful plan, we need to understand where we're at. And if, we're, if we are where we're at, is not going to bring us the victory or the crown of life that each single, every single one of us is trying to obtain, we need to make changes. Lastly, number three, once we make changes, once we have conformed to the standard that God would have us to live, we can press forward. We can advance in our Christian lives. And a Christian should always be pressing forward, just like Paul was in Philippians 3, 13-15. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are ahead. He says in verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So what he says was, we can forgive ourselves and not hold on to the past. We need to realize we need to be moving forward. As a Christian, if I'm immersed in baptism, I can put those old things behind me. What a blessing that is. 
I mean, I've done some things in my life I'm not proud of, but as a Christian, I can put those things behind me. And what a weight that is off someone's shoulders. And you can experience that same thing if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this. God tells us our sins can be blotted out, literally a whiteout on an ink and paper uh, utensil. We can put those things behind us, literally having our sins erased. We need to understand that we can press forward in living a Christian life. We can advance in our Christian lives if we've had the blood of Jesus. We also read in other passages that a Christian should always be growing. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 tells us we need to desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby, that Peter says there. As newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word. What happens if a toddler doesn't get its milk? Well, it dies. The same happens to the Christian. If we do not get the nourishment that is in God's word, we're going to die. We need to be growing. We need to be studying to continue to add to our faith, as 2 Peter 1, 5-8 talks about, that we should continually add on to our faith. Another thing that helps us advance in our Christian lives is Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us that growth comes from a changing of our mindset. And we see that Paul was telling the Roman church there, He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we see the Christian, in order for us to advance in our Christian lives, we don't need to think like the world. We don't need to act like the world. We completely are conformed from or transformed from what this world and what the standard of this world is. We see that Paul uses strong language there. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, literally to be on your knees and to beg that you present your body as a living sacrifice. Oh, but the Christian life is boring. Uh, Matthew, you just don't understand. I I don't know if I can live a a life of self-sacrifice. Well, That's part of counting the cost. We need to understand those things. Also, growth comes from studying. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 says, Study to show thyself the proof unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing or rightly handling, your Bible may say, the word of truth. So we need to at least know our way around the scriptures. We see that Paul was telling young Timothy to, to continue to give diligence, is what that study word means to continue to uh, study, to continue to learn the scriptures, and that's what we are to do as well. So in conclusion, if you're listening to this podcast, I appreciate you so much uh, sticking with us. The formula is really simple. It's assess, assess your current situation, make amends if necessary, and advance in your Christian lives. We do that every day subconsciously. We use that formula every single day, assess, amend, advance. You know, this morning I put on a shirt and I I was assessing, huh, that's a nice color to put on today. I'll put on that shirt. Well, I found out that shirt has a stain on it. I had to make amends. I had to change shirts and put something else on. And then I was able to advance to walk out the door and conquer my day. We use this every single day and we can use this in our Christian lives as well in order to conquer this world and to achieve eternal life. We see the nation of Israel had to do the same thing. They had to assess their condition. Hey, we just got destroyed by Babylon. We need to make changes. We need to make amends. And that's what they did in Nehemiah. And they read the prophets and they read the law. 
and then they were able to advance in their Christian, or rather their walk with God. So the formula is really simple. Every individual should assess their true self, amend the problems, failures, or shortcomings, and we're able to go forward in our Christian life and be the Christian that God would desire so we can achieve eternal life. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you have a blessed day.